That was a preemptive shh. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. I already had someone created in my image. He's evil, he wants to take over the world, and he fits easily into most overhead storage bins. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainer, Rico, and now Austin Orman joins us. Is Strick on stream? Strick is on stream. Strick is see on, him stream. on the TV in like Beautiful. two seconds. Beautiful. Hello, gentlemen. How are we doing? Wonderful. How are you guys? Great. Doing Stricky, great. you hanging in there? Stricky's hanging in there. Good stuff. Are you, are you in Dallas? Rep- representing, representing the Huskers? Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, I have a uh, I have a business trip in Utah, man. So it, it was easier to come from here than it was to go from uh, Omaha, which is crazy. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Guys, a little bit of a local baseball news, if you will. Mike Bovie, the third baseman for the Omaha Mavericks baseball team, who hit 401 this season, is now in the portal. Now, what's interesting is. It's definitely a leverage move, right? It's it's one of those where you go to the draft. He's the ranked the 40th best prospect in the Major League Baseball draft, according to D1 Baseball, um, where it's, hey, pay me enough so I don't go to this SEC school that says they'll take me. Mm. And pays me more than you would have. Yeah, and pays me more in NIL. Yeah, I think I, I, I think that this could end up uh, in Nebraska. No, I'm just kidding. He's not going to go to Nebraska. If he does end up transferring, you're right. It's going to be to an SEC school that's going to be uh, be able to showcase his skills on ESPN day mm-hmm. after day and night after night. He's not going to go to a Big Ten school that gets a nationally televised game once a year. Yeah, dang it. It's against Penn State. <laughs> All the way on, towards hey, the end of the year. Hey, you the Creighton one, too, on CBS Sports. That's oh, right. You right, did right, the Creighton right, one right, on right. CBS Sports Network, but it's always funny when those those ESPN televi- or, you know, television schedules come out, and it's like you're searching and you're navigating or you're trying to find uh, Nebraska, and it's like Nebraska versus Illinois, which it was two years ago, and then it's Nebraska versus Penn State on this one and they don't even fly their their broadcasters out anymore you're like yeah we made it and they're all sitting at home and they're just wearing they're wearing like the suit tops but they're definitely wearing like swim shorts on the bottom they're like as soon as this game's over i'm jumping in a pool the, the uh was it uh john clayton mom where my pants are all <laughs> yes <laughs> with the hair with the hair pulled back yeah, into the yeah, yeah. Well, it was just as bad like in the 2021 fayetteville regional because it was that one guy doing all the games Mm-hmm. And I like I was, so when I posted the video a couple days ago of Jake Buns, who now is in the portal, spiking the pitch, and Arkansas scoring a run in the bottom of the eighth inning to go up three to two, and then the very next hitter just demolishing the baseball over the left field wall for a three run homer. Um, when I posted that video, I just remembered that guy's voice and how it wasn't like it was bad. It wasn't a bad announcer. Like he wasn't bad. Just the presentation wasn't great because it was so obvious that he was not in the building, mm-hmm. and it was like the the when the announcers are not in in the venue, it's tough. It's so difficult. No matter- I do have a question for you guys though, real quick. Like all of you, like what is your thoughts about how uh, Nebraska season went? You know, there was a lot of success from uh, individual players. Um, sometimes you had the pitching staff step up. Uh, yeah. Some good wins, some bad ones. I, I I really just want your your thoughts on how you felt the baseball season went. Well, coming off of last year. I mean, I think I don't I don't want to be too harsh because I don't want to make it sound like it should be easy to win in the Big Ten Conference. Um, 
I think it was a missed opportunity. I think that's that's an okay way to to categorize it for me. You have you have two, I don't know, Austin top eight round draft picks on your team. Top five, top five round. I, I, I got, maybe I don't I don't know how much Bryce Matthews defense hurts him in draft picks. I, I don't I, I don't know. Um, so that's why I think I I expanded that a little larger. I think but athleticism might help. Athleticism and obviously the bat, right? Yeah. And and Max Anderson, who had an incredible Big Ten tournament, right, and just an incredible season overall, hitting. I don't know. I, I think you if you, you feel like if your pitching would have been able to to help you out just a little bit more, you might have won a lot more midweek games and a lot won some more some more games. I think you look at some of the games they lost and they're losing twelve to eight and they're losing twelve or you know thirteen to nine and 16, it's like 16 it's tie. like yeah it's like dang in a, in a baseball game especially at the collegiate level more often than not you would like to think that six runs would be able to win you a baseball game or, or eight runs would be able to win you a baseball game and unfortunately time after time Nebraska would lose games that were approaching double digits and it's like you could score and it would be frustrating because they could hit well but unfortunately they couldn't get anybody they couldn't get a reliable arm out of the bullpen and now next year one of your more reliable arms that was this year in Corbin Hawkins is now going to be retiring from baseball. I'm going to categorize it as a mild disappointment. Okay. Um maybe looking back it shouldn't be as surprising as I think. If you, if you told me Nebraska would have lost in the Big 10 semis at the mm-hmm. start of the year. Okay, yeah, it's probably fine, but I'd also tell you they're probably in line for an NCAA tournament bid. So. Yeah. It strikes me as a step forward record-wise, but maybe a step back program-wise because gotcha. of all the turnover, because of all the guys they had to bring in, and now all the guys they're losing. Yeah. Think about the guys that made that NCAA you know, tournament. They made that regional in Arkansas. That was a program. Those were guys that had been there for a while, and now you're losing a lot of those mainstays. So mm-hmm. you kind of have to rebuild the program aspect of it, even though the record and the end of the season result got better than it was last year. I think. I think also to just kind of build off of that, you're going to have to find a lot of new roles next year, right? Mm-hmm. You Obviously, you're losing your two middle infielders in Max and Bryce, and Dylan Carey, who spent most of the year at third base, is kind of going to slide over into that shortstop role. And I think there's a lot of excitement around Dylan Carey, and rightfully so. But just to kind of list some of the guys that, that you're going to lose, um, Max Anderson, Bryce Matthews, Emmett Olsen, right, to the draft probably. Yep. Those three are the are the main ones. Then you're going to lose Charlie Fisher. You're going to lose Shea Shanneman, Casey Burnham. Well, Bun's just into the portal. Kyle Perry, Griffin Everett, Efri Cervantes, and Luke Sartori. So I mean, there's not only some starters on that list in in Casey Burnham, right? But there's bullpen arms in Buns, Kyle Perry, Shea Shanneman. Now it's a lot of there's names Friday that's, guy. That's a lot th- of yeah, names that you, you hear on the regular during a Nebraska baseball game. Like I'm not sure, can Jace Kaminska be your Friday night guy? And he's at his best he can, but if you have to give him a month off in the yeah. middle of the season, yeah. again? It, it, it just worries you. And now, you know, it, are you... Hey, you've got Will Walsh. Well, Walsh, I suppose. I mean, Will Walsh had the complete game shut out in the Big Ten tournament. But Does just, he hold up over a full season? Though? I would say, just exactly. do that again. Just do that every time. <laughs> Please and thank you. It's, it's what's interesting is, like, who do you go to now out of the bullpen? It's who are your guys out of the bullpen? Um, who are your midweek starters? Now, a lot of those those are younger guys at, at times, right? The the midweek starters. We've seen Drew Christo be a midweek starter for two years now. Is he on the progression to become a, a weekend guy? I, I'm not sure. 
where's Jackson Brockett? You lose C.J. Hood as well. Hood was, don't forget, a Major League Baseball prospect coming out of high school at Norris, but then had an injury and kind of just dissipates and now is no longer part of the team and in the portal. So it's it's there's a lot of question marks, I think, about next year. Now the good thing is we've seen this, this staff's ability to recruit. They have a lot of excitement coming in recruiting-wise with younger guys. And throughout the portal, you got your DH and Charlie Fisher through the portal and things like that this season. So I, I think I, I looked at it as maybe not surprised, but a missed opportunity because you would have felt like you could have, with the guys on this roster and some of the names that were in the in the bullpen, you knew you were going to have to find a Friday guy. You knew you had to find some other guys. Um, but especially with, I mean, you saw what that team did in 2021 with Spencer Schwellenbach with one draft pick, right? And you look at it, and go, and they don't; those don't grow on trees. And you, you were fortunate enough now to, to to have and develop two top five, top eight round picks. And unfortunately, you're done playing by by the end of May. And so, it's I think it's a little frustrating. Who's the core next? Year? So, Paul. Yep. Go. Oh, go ahead. No, you go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Break. Break. I, I, I was say- gonna. I was gonna. I was gonna tap into that. Because I really then have a deeper question, and the deeper question for me goes into, does this go across programs, across sports, right? Mm -hmm. Because now we're understanding that there always, in some form or fashion, is going to be um, a large swath of potentially turnover Mm -hmm. in your program. So is there a system in the building of a program that can put you in position to continuously have success in the turnover era of sports in, yeah. in college program. So being that that's the case, is there a way of building it with foundational pieces? Like you're saying, the ability to recruit, go in and get young, young players have those system and program guys that are three, four year guys. Mm-hmm. And then also add pieces and 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 build it and is that cross program are we looking at that for football are we looking at that also in basketball girls you know yeah. uh, women's sports all of that i want to i i really want to ask that deeper question is this is there a way to do it is there is there special sauce in the uh uh in 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 the recipe that could be thrown in there to make it zesty and make yeah. it tasteful I, w- I would be interested because Obviously, I think with baseball, you're going to lose close to you know double digit guys every year. There's going to be there's going to be guys that move on from your team double or, you know nearing double digits that eight to twelve range every single season. Now, like I also don't know. It really felt like the staff may have lost confidence in, in Jake Buns, and obviously there was some injury there. But there were multiple times throughout the Big Ten tournament where he he was warming up, and they elected to go with somebody else. And and part of that's game management and time. And when you needed to make the change on the mound and, and matchups with lineups and things like that. And I understand that. But it just really felt like ever since number number one, 2021 against Arkansas, and then just after the injury, he lost a little stuff on his fastball. He lost a little bit of velocity. And he started to get it back, I suppose, towards the end of the year. But just so the, the, I don't want to say clutch factor, but the ability to come in and slam the door didn't feel like it was there with Jake Buns or really anybody on this team, right? Anybody in that bullpen. So I'd be curious, I think I think to to your point, Strick, I think this year there's going to be a lot of, with there is with every sport, and this may be where the crossover happens, 
guys that decide to leave and guys that say are kind of told, hey, man, it's probably best if you move on. We're, we're going to go in a different direction. I think the sauce is the same where, especially in college, I think you're trying to thread that needle pretty tight where you need mm-hmm. good enough players that have a high enough, you know, just talent coming in yep. that they're going to be good college players, but not so good that they're going to get picked out from under you in the MLB draft out of high school. Because then, once you have them on campus, you have them for three years. Which is baseball. crazy, because, like, sorry to interrupt, but, like, Drew Christo was that guy. Mm-hmm. Drew Christo's that guy. And and people, I, I brought his name up in the earlier show, Chase Mason was that guy. And, unfortunately, Chase Mason decides to, to move on from the program and go to football. But, once again, like, Drew Christo's that guy, and he showed, a, he showed minor improvement this year. But I think this is a very important offseason ahead for him, because if he can carve out – that Sunday maybe role, that's even that Sunday role where it's like, all right, this guy's going to come in, provide us four, maybe five quality innings every single performance or, or for the majority of them to where we don't have to exhaust our bullpen after two or three innings and be playing from behind after the start of the game. That's what Nebraska has been looking for. The Shea Shannon of recent years. Right. Mm-hmm. Those are good specific examples. And then to, to Strick's point, you need enough guys like that that are talented enough but that stick around yeah. because then that gives you time with the next class. Yeah. And then they do that. So every year you're, you know, you're losing those guys that have been there, but you have guys that have already been in the program a year or two that are ready for their chance. Yeah, and It that, takes that one class setting that example, and then you got to prove you can exactly. consistently – recruit and develop well and that's that was what was so crazy about that 2021 year and i hate to keep you know revisionist history and we probably got to get out of here soon because we're taking up your guys's time yeah, gee, no, but yeah geez what are we doing <laughs> what? but um this is actually a really good conversation but I, yeah I think, we're, we're, we're we're okay with good conversations yeah Nick. yeah we're, so great conversations in the crossover i think good. i think what's what's fascinating about that 2021 year is that you had this blend of guys in like Joe Acker and Mojo Haggy and obviously Luke Roskam's on that team. Griffin Everett was kind of coming into his own. He was a sophomore at the time, I believe. And so like you had these guys, obviously Spencer Swellenbach was there as well. But then you had Max Anderson who kind of fell into Nebraska's lap. And I, I don't want to say that as a slight to Nebraska's coaching staff, but at the end of the day, it was Texas A&M for Max Anderson until – he couldn't go to Texas A and M. You can say it without it, being in a slide. Yeah, it, it, got lucky. it wasn't a slide at all. It wasn't a slide at all. I don't mean it that way in the in the least. But Max Anderson comes in has a freshman of the year. Big Twit he is Big Ten freshman of the year, and you have this great blend of guys that were real experienced. Even even a Logan Foster from Texas A and M. He transferred here for his final year of play. Didn't start in defensively, but he hit at the bottom of the lineup. Just kind of did his job. wasn't wasn't an everyday guy for Nebraska, but just was kind of there in that uh, in the clubhouse. You had this blend of of real experienced guys, and then Max Anderson and this young cr- and Bryce, cr- yeah, and Bryce. And then after that, it was like, all right, Bryce, Max, Griffin, Everett, you're kind of thrown into this, and you are now leaders. F- yeah, figure out how to be that senior class, that that fifth year senior class As of 2021, and. I feel like Nebraska is still trying to figure that out because not that I think that's something to be I mean said for is is that it's difficult to try to tell a sophomore class to be a fifth year senior class. And that's one thing I think Nebraska's lacked over these last couple of years. And is that what you're gonna have to do next year with well, Carrie, yeah. with Karen, and then who else is the core? Gabe Swanson? Yeah. Maybe Garrett Anglem if he's healthy. 
Yeah, I, that's that's man, that's just so Who's difficult. That's so difficult because then it's like, are you asking too much of Dylan Carey? Mm-hmm. Are you asking too much? I mean, you could argue that maybe Nebraska asked too much of of Max and Bryce right off the bat, but it ended up and they grew out. into it. it. And they, yeah. they grew but into they, it. Yes. they stepped up to the plate the next season, and that's that might happen again this next year where you might have a down year and then the next year you'll be good but then maybe you put yourself in the same situation the fall the year after that it's but what it, does that mean might, for the coaching you staff? might put yourself into a vicious cycle of this mm-hmm. and that's going that's going to be the problem with losing so many people and bringing so many people in via the transfer portal and th- it might sound weird but having guys play at such a high level that they are when they are draft eligible, that they will go into the draft. Like you can have guys play at a high level, a high enough level that you have success at the collegiate ranks and you as a team work, but maybe they're not high enough where they're going to get drafted in the first eight rounds and end yeah. up leaving. I just think something that, that was the lineup depth. Yeah, oh, uh, and that's one thing that Will Bolt said immediately after their loss on Saturday was that what they're going to do is just just general roster depth. It just felt like you know, and so I think when you, I mean, you look at. A lot of times in baseball, it's like, especially towards the end of the Big Ten tournament, and if you find yourself in a regional, right, and if you are unlucky or or you're unable to be undefeated and get that day off, like Nebraska was last week, you need somebody to step up that you didn't really expect to step up. Will Walsh was that guy last week. But when you look at, at potential, like a regional team, and you look back at that 2021 team, I will never forget the gut that Kyle Perry had. The, the gut that Kyle Perry had coming off that first Tommy John surgery, um, and he comes in against Arkansas in the – I can't remember. Did he start the game against Arkansas? Was it Was like a bullpen game? It was a – Game six or seven? I believe it was a bullpen it game. It would have been game game six. six. It, so it was won. the one they won. Yeah, I think that one was a bullpen game because I think they and were saving. he came in and he, he just slammed the door. He just did his job. And it was like – this guy that in his first time back or first appearance back is going up against the the national number one seed and just laying it all out there. I mean, just a just a gutsy performance, and you just had guys step up. Whether it was like a Mojo Haggy, whether it was a obviously Spencer Schwellenbach was always there, but it's like somebody was always there. Whether it was Jackson Hallmark just doing his job out of the leadoff spot, where it's mm-hmm. like just. It's not pretty. That's where the whole gritty over pretty thing came. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it feels like teams since then have wanted to adapt that mantra, but don't necessarily have the guys to adapt that mantra. Or adopt, I should say. Yeah. Adopt that mantra. So They want to play that small ball. They want to be gritty, but they don't have the guys that... It's there's not there's saying, a few of them. It's not saying that the guys aren't gritty. It just doesn't It, it just doesn't work for whatever reason. And I mean, yeah. this, this year's team was... was was a strong team. They're hitting the ball out of the park, you know, day yeah. after day. There's there's a few of them. There's a few of them there. But I just think um, it, it's fr- the one thing about that made that 2021 roster so special was that it was from top to bottom. It was top <laughs> to bottom, uh, starters and bullpen. Every single last one. So. Of them. All right. Well, that will do it. What's coming up on the show, Austin? Uh, it's decision day, college basketball and yeah. NBA draft decisions. A lot of interesting ones in uh, the Big Ten. We'll talk some more baseball with uh, Evan Bland. Three o'clock hour is going to be fun. Colorado's back talking to the Big 12. Yeah. What does that mean uh, for them, the Pac-12? Then um, just a little NBA shoot-around. We haven't talked about Bob Myers leaving Golden State, yeah. uh, Nick Nurse being hired by Philly, and just today, Detroit's interested in Monty Williams. What does that mean? Good stuff. All right, stick around. On the block, Strick and Austin. Great crossover conversation, gentlemen. 
uh, Strick. Have a great time in Dallas. We'll talk to you guys soon. But that'll do it for myself and Rico on the block. Strick and Austin coming up next. See ya. Adios. Adios.